This is Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Tri Bourne and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. We're here for a Monday night football edition, so if I start yelling, it's because my Ravens are losing again. Uh, we're back in our board on the beach studios. What's happening, Tri? What up? Yeah, um, Texans, Ravens tonight, and... Uh... Wasn't a good start for you so far, but we turned it off so we're not distracted. It's never, it's never so a good start. So you're not distracted with the Ravens losing. No, we we have kind of a test to introduce our our first our guest here today. We have a we have a special guest announcer. We do coming in. Try you want to hit it? Yeah. <laughs> Alexa, who is April Ross? April Elizabeth Ross is an American professional beach volleyball player. There you have it. Oh, <laughs> what an intro! That, that's how you know you're. That's how you know you're legit when Alexa knows you. When Alexa oh, knows really? who you are, you've made it. Can we try it with Triborn? We could try. She won't even understand my name. Can Alexa, we... who is Triborn? Sorry, I'm not sure. <laughs> God damn it, Alexa! <laughs> Embarrassing me. Your own Alexa hits you with the burn. Yeah, man. <laughs> well. We have April Ross. If you didn't get that from Alexa, April, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was mellow. I went to Big Bear, nice. chilled out with the fam, had too much wine. Perfect. Is there such a thing? Let's keep that going, man. Uh, yeah, I feel like the older I get, the more I need to stay away from this uh, ethanol. Well, sorry that we just popped the bottle. <laughs> I know. No, it's okay. Two glasses a night is healthy for you. Yeah, antioxidants, right? Yeah. Good for the brain. Did, did anybody hit up Cyber Monday today? Oh, that reminds me. Um, I have stuff in late. my shopping cart. <laughs> it's not I have too stuff late. in my shopping cart. Oh, you got a few hours. I know. I'm going to purchase it. It's all workout clothes. It's so stupid because I'm... I have more workout clothes than I could ever need like for the rest of my life, right. but I still like shopping for them. It's, it's still, I don't know, it's just That's fun to get. Idea. Like, I have probably 20 pairs of board shorts, but I don't want to wear any of them after, like, four months. Now I, need, I just need new board it's shorts. It's, like, motivating to have, like, new workout gear. That's Makes true. you want to get in the gym. I'm just getting into the shopping game. Pretty much avoided it my whole life. Just wear, like, <laughs> all my USA volleyball gear or any of that, but... I lost like 30 pounds over the last year, <laughs> so nothing fits me. It's just hanging out. And Gabby, off like, my wife just forced me to go to the store with her and just do my first shopping spree of my life. And How'd it go? I'm looking pretty good these days, feeling good. I like, do you Everything like that fits. shirt? Thank you. Well, What's your go-to brand sleeve. or shopping like place? I ended up with like 10 pieces of Ruka clothing. Yeah. That's good for tall people. I'm into Ruka. Yeah. I like yeah. It too. Ryan Darty, he's been he's been plugging. God, I forget what the company's called. It's like some tall and slim um, company. Oh, he should totally have that sponsor. <laughs> he's, he's been promoting it really hard. I don't know if it's a sponsor yet, but I think he's trying to get it to be. Huh. I just learned that Carly Kloss makes like 40-inch inseam women's jeans. So if there's any girl volleyball players listening, I heard that's a good place to get jeans. There we go. For our female listeners. Plug. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And now are you, uh, have, have you taken your nice long break in the off season back in the sand or did you really, is there like almost no off season at this point with how early the FIVB starts? Um, oh, sorry. I just got a text from Ryan Doherty. I wanted to show that. <laughs> no, hey, it's Ryan. financial advice. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. 
my favorite thing to talk to him about. You can listen to the Ryan episode, episode two, if you want to. Yeah. Did you, know, you talk about that financial. stuff? He told us what he was up to. Yeah. He, I like, I like picking his brain. <laughs> um, so answer to that question is no, I took zero time off and the reason for that was I had lots of hiccups this season. Um, and I just felt like the whole summer I was like, stop and go, stop and go. I never felt sharp. I never felt in shape. Um, explosive, kind of ready to go. And I was, got so frustrated with that that as soon as um, Chicago AVP was over, like I could have taken a break. And my body honestly didn't feel very good, but I, w- I was just like, I think taking time off is going to make me feel worse. And I just, I just could not wait to get in the gym and get strong again and start to get fit and like started to train right away on the sand. Um, I didn't like practice that much. I broke my toe. So, um, I've been going, going, going since season was over and I'm like super fired up still. Yeah. And how's that? So I know a lot of players, it's always a balancing act between getting burnout and staying fresh. And it seems like you're staying fresh by working out all the time, By you're like fighting burnout by actually staying active. Yeah. It's a, um, I'm worried about that actually, because I do experience burnout and, getting ready for Rio, like the three years leading up to Rio, you're always looking for a way to like get a little bit better, get a little bit more disciplined and just every, every, you know, you don't realize how gnarly you're getting because it's just like this day to day effort and it starts to build up. And by the time I got to Rio and like my experience there, I was like so burnt out. Like I was stoked on that experience, but so burnt out and like took a year and kind of just like let loose a little bit because like I was just so fried. Um, and so I want to learn from that because I don't want that to happen again. Um, and I'm going so hard right now. I'm like, April, when are you going to take a break? Like you need to just like let off the gas a little bit. Um, it's a huge balancing act. And I think that's one thing I've learned like through my, through my career is like, I can get really gnarly and really intense, which I think is like why I've had so much success. Right. But I think there's a way to like train smart and enjoy the journey a little bit more and still maximize what you're doing. And I think a lot of times taking that time, if you use it wisely to like rest and kind of refresh is going to help you do even better. But I'm still searching for that, that fine line. And like I, my day today was just like back to back to back and like train <laughs> and like lift and like treatment and do all this stuff. And I just like, need to calm down a little bit, but our first tournament is in January now, which is kind of ridiculous. So can't let off the gas yet. Yeah, do you definitely. like, i say, do you like having the, the FIVB season start that early? Cause I know that some people, you know, they do enjoy it, you know, having just a, a nice early start to the year, but I know a lot of the more veteran players are like, I'd really like another couple months, you know, to not be in the sand. Yeah. Um, I was expecting, Fort Lauderdale would be the first tournament and that gave me a good amount of breathing room, um, to figure out like partner stuff and get in shape and all that stuff. And then they come out with the January event. I'm like, Oh, you're kidding me. Um, so I kind of like it because it makes me really focused right now. Whereas maybe I would kind of just be a little bit more cruise control. Um, and I'm the type of player who likes spaced out events. Um, so I don't mind it too much that they start in January and I've always kind of fought for in our sport, like for a year round calendar, 
in the past, it's been really hard to have your last event in like September and then your first event in April. And it's like, what do I, how do I make money for like these, whatever seven months that I'm off. Um, so I like, I actually do like it, but I talked to like Phil Dahlhauser in the gym and I tease him like, so you're like training for the Hague? And he's like, absolutely not. Like, there's no (laughs) way I'm going to the Hague. I wish I was like you, but I'm not. (laughs) Phil's definitely on the chill spectrum. He's got, He's on that side of the baseline over the obsessed over training. Yeah. I mean, he's really disciplined. I'm like, I'm impressed by his discipline, but him and Nick are just, they can turn it on like so easily. It seems so easy. They both work their butts off in the gym. Um, and I'm sure at practice, but they can afford that. I think, I don't know. They, I just feel like they can afford to take this event off. It's not going to hurt them. They'll turn it on Fort Lauderdale or whatever. Um, rest is a little more valuable than actually training at certain points of the year for them. Yeah. I'm trying to find that balance for myself too. So it's interesting hearing you. I mean, you've had what, three quads you've gone through now? Uh, yeah. Beijing we missed. Right. But you went through that. But I started two years before that quad. Okay. So part of it. Yeah. Like jumped. My first international event was like the first event of qualifying, um, and then yeah, two quads after that. Yeah. So you've done a lot at this point. And for me, I've done one quad and I'm seeing how I did it myself. And I'm like, yeah, some changes are going to be need to take place here in terms of like going. I mean, for me, it was going super hard and then being kind of an idiot and eating like crap and whatever, <laughs> you know, drinking a little bit and partying a little bit. I mean, I don't party that much anyway, but I mean, part of me thinks that that's kind of what sent my body into shock with this whole autoimmune thing I'm dealing with. Oh. It's just, I went really hard with really intense stress and pressure that I didn't really know that I was putting on myself yeah. until I sat back and thought about it. And then the physical stress of 20 events and 12 countries and um, all that crap. And then I went straight into ankle surgery. Oh, yeah. So you throw in antibiotics and anesthesia in your system and it just fully threw me out of whack. So next time, I'll probably take a page out of your book, find that, try to find baseline where it's I'm not obsessing over my job and my. It's so workouts. hard though. It's so it's really hard. hard. Like when you, because what I find happens is I convince myself to find that balance a little bit mm-hmm. and not stress about it and not work so hard. And then I'll go to like a competition and underperform and I'm like, F this, like I'm going to yeah. go home and like <laughs> it's step it up. Hard. It's not because, yeah. yeah, I'm not training hard enough. I'm yeah. not focused enough. Like uh, if you just want to win that bad, like it's so hard to take yep. a step back and find that balance. And exactly. like, I I'm, went, I went. Uh, in this last quad, I think it might've been the first year of qualification. I quit, I cut out alcohol for six months. I haven't done that since I started drinking and, um, like went, and it's just awkward, you know, like you you can be sober and that's great. You know, like if, if you think it's a problem, but it was just for me, it was performance and training and how can I get that competitive edge? And I'd go to like the holiday parties and like dinner parties and just to like, not be able to participate socially how you would normally do it because of volleyball, it like takes a toll on you. And I don't know. I don't I, know. I just did it for, um, for health reasons, but yeah. I did it. For, I think I did four months of no drinking. 
So I totally, I had to go to my sister's wedding sober. I was oh, like, no. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. It's just like a joy of life. I don't know. Like, not, yeah. not. You learn something. You, know? you learn other things, too, though. That you're like, oh, wow, I can actually appreciate a few more things when I'm not drinking and yeah. remember things differently. But, um you don't yeah. want to go to one extreme if you don't have right, to right, right. or the other. Yeah, you want to be able to enjoy a glass of wine. like just. Yeah, but it's all out the window if you're not winning. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. winning is... We all care about it. There is a balance, probably. but it's almost impossible to stay there, I feel. Like, the baseline balance is, like, you're just kind of trying not to do too many highs and lows below and above that line, I feel like. Yeah, no, it's true. You're never going to accomplish it. You're never going right. to accomplish it, but... You like start vibrating too stressful. You're gonna just obsessing. Yeah, you're gonna do something that brings you back down, and then that's gonna have an effect, and you have to course correct and like yeah. get, go back up again. Yeah, I think that's the, probably the best that you can hope for. <laughs> you but. mentioned that that this year, you know, just kind of had a, a couple hiccups. It was definitely a different year for you because I mean, for so long you've had just partner stability. You know, when you and Jen partnered up in 2007. You guys played together through, what, half of the 2013 season, and then you had Carrie, and I know that she was kind of in and out with some shoulder injuries, but you always knew that you had a partner when she was healthy again. So I guess... <laughs> can, you, can you all hear that? <laughs> <laughs> My second glass of wine. <laughs> um, I trained I, hard today. <laughs> she earned it. One of, the, uh, one of the things I'm curious about is that, you know, because you and Jen were so good for so long, I mean, you guys had a stretch from 08 to 2010 where you made, you meddled in like 17 out of 20 international tournaments and then you and Carrie won every single AVP in 2014 and then this year I don't know was there sort of a, a little pressure lifted and that you could kind of relax a little bit or um it's never there's never a pressure lifted with April I feel like yeah <laughs> yeah for yourself probably not but maybe from the outside was there I you know what it's so weird how far removed I am from external mm -hmm. anything. I think I had to work at it really hard when I played with Carrie because when I first got together, like everybody wanted to give me like what they were hearing or like what it seemed like from the outside. And like, you know what? I don't, I don't care. Like this right. is not going to be good for me. Um, and so I just blocked it all out and I think it, you know, I got really good at it and I have no idea what the external thoughts are at this point. Um, but for me personally, like I said before, like if I'm not winning events, like I'm super pissed and I don't care who I'm playing with. And like last, uh, after Rio, when I went to Chicago and Carrie wasn't playing, I picked up Kelly Reeves. She was new and I went in, I expected to win. And like when we lost, I was super bummed. Um, and this year with Lauren, like I thought, I thought we could go in and win every AVP. Um, and so it was just, it was a frustrating, frustrating summer, especially, going to like three stars in Moscow and getting uh, ninth place or whatever for 90 points. Like, and a few bucks maybe. Oh, maybe to oh pay for, didn't uh, even break stipend. even, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 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 Um, That's the worst. Yeah, so I think my pressure comes from myself solely and it's always there. Like this, go like the only reason, well, I kind of had to, I kind of had to have some discussions with myself, uh, going forward. Like, am I just trying to be good? Like, do I want to go internationally and just like kind of continue my career and like do the best that I can? Or am I in this because I want to go to Tokyo and get that gold that's eluded me for like 
two quads now. Um, like what am I kind of in this for? Is it my career or is it still like a dream? Um, and so I just, I decided that, you know, this is me chasing my dream. Like I haven't got it yet. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be all in so that that standard is still there for me. Like I, I know what I need to do. I need to know what it takes at that level. And so, um, it gives me renewed energy. Um, but like, I feel like it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a struggle. So I'm trying to be okay with myself and like the learning, like just the ups and downs and the learning curve still, but I know where I want to get to. And so this season was just subpar for me. Has that, has that always been your mindset? Because you've had so much success at every step of the way. Like you were a Gatorade National Player of the Year in high school, a two-time national champ at USC, and then your career on the beach has obviously been I mean, sublime. So, I mean, at what point did you begin to see this drive where, you know, if it was championship or kind of failure? Um, it's not even that. That's not my mindset. It's not like... It's honestly not as much about winning tournaments. This is a very subtle difference for me. It's about being the best. And so that was, for me, something I had at a really young age. And on my soccer team playing for ASO, like I'd go home and I'd train myself after practice and like run sprints in my backyard. When I picked up volleyball, I'd, you know, pepper against the, the garage and... I'd compete against the girls on my team and like, I wanted us to win as a team and I loved my teammates, but I also wanted to be the best on my team and I wasn't okay unless I was. Um, and I wasn't always the best. Like I got on teams and I was the worst in a lot of situations and I had to really work my way up to proving that I was the best. And I don't necessarily think that's super healthy, you know, (laughs) it can lead to, I think a lot of issues and it's not like I'd don't know I have a ton of issues, but, um, <laughs> I, I think that's, that's what drives me is like to be the best. Um, there's a lot of sacrifices along the way, lots of sacrifices. And I mean, I, I don't, I still don't know if people understand like how gnarly the sport is. I'm like, and, I like try to study it from the outside. Cause for me, I mean, I see someone like you and it's like, I can tell that you just have this confidence that you can win. So you're not willing to settle with losing, basically. It's just like, I know I can win. I know I have the potential. So I can't lose. Like, yeah. I can't, I'm not willing to lose or, like, go into it with anything less than what I know I have. And your confidence is, like, you've won it right? at every level pretty much. And I was actually thinking that same thing when he was saying all the stuff that you've won. I was comparing to me. It was, like, everything that you've won I've like kind of has barely eluded me. And, it, and it's funny because I'm trying to basically get to where you're at. And I, I, I'm fully trying to be the elite world-class athlete, but I haven't had the wins that you have. So you're, like, backed up in your brain with all this, like, confidence because you won at the high school level. I barely want, like, my team won a state championship in high school, but they made me sit out because I played for a small high school. Just, like, small stuff here and there. The rice is done, <laughs> and, it, and it sings a tune to us, if you guys can hear that. And it's, it's you know, I think that's really interesting that you point that out. Um, Even your national championships in college. I was, I was up 8-6 in the fifth set in the national championship at USC, same as you. I don't have a ring. Manhattan Beach Open twice. I had match point last year again, or two years ago, against Jaden Casey. 
uh, world champs. We were right there in the quarters. Olympics. I made the Olympics, but I'm not an Olympian, technically. Yeah, that's So I'm trying to, like, but I think it's mental. I mean, really, like, if I wrap my brain around the fact that I've lost at all the highest levels, then that's what I'm going to get in return. But if I just say that's what happened, but I'm still going to put my goal as legitimately and believe that I can be gold medalist at the Olympics, then I don't see why not, why it can't happen. I think two things regarding that, like, um, number one is I, it's not just you, it's the people around you, Mm -hmm. it's your teammates. I, I would not be, I would not have won at these levels if I didn't have amazing teammates. Like my, and if my coach, um, at Harbor didn't, you know, petition for me to get the Gatorade national award or whatever. Like I wouldn't have won that. So Mm -hmm. that was like a lot of his work. Um, my team was great. We worked so hard in, in high school and I had a lot of really good athletes around me, a lot of physically gifted people around me. So I think that went a long way in why we won. Um, same thing at SC. I mean, we just had such a talented team, so you can't like put that on you, you know, like you're put and like you're putting yourself in all these great opportunities to win. And I think you have to keep fighting for that. Like all you can fight for is kind of putting your, like to put yourself in the best position. So just bettering yourself, just bettering yourself in, in, in whatever way you can and just waiting for those opportunities to come through and like they will come through, you know, um, I've been in a lot of those situations where games are tight and you do something stupid and you end up losing. Like I've been in a lot of those yeah. matches and um, you have to learn from all of them. And I think number two is you can want it and it is a lot of it is mental. And I think a lot of people just think I'll develop this strong mindset through playing and experience and that, but you really have to give some devoted time to your mentality. Like I mm-hmm. think I, I read and I journal and I sit with my thoughts and I figure things out and I decide, you know, like I'll write, what do I think mental strength is? And this is what it is and find inspiration from other sources. And, and one thing I did before Rio was I meditated every day. And I think that's really, really helpful. I meditated on how I was going to feel in matches Um, when things got tight and I pictured that emotionally, like how I was going to feel and what I was going to think and, um, pictured obviously myself doing things right and winning the match. And, um, that I think like you have to just dedicate time to stuff like that. And we, I did that a ton in high school and not meditated, but we visualized before like every match and stuff like that goes such a long way. And I think it's really, it can be really underused by a lot of high-level athletes. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because it's funny that actually that we're bringing this up because this is like my main focus the right Buddha now. Buddha try. This is the one like <laughs> thing I'm super fascinated with right now because all I have to work with right now is my, my mind, basically, because obviously I can't work out until my levels are all cleared and all that. So literally, I'm on a, I just got a 21-day challenge for meditation. Oh, nice. From a guy I'm working with. Um, and it's, I'm trying to do basically an hour a day for 21 days. Of meditation I'm, I got a bunch of these books and stuff but that's like the first thing like stuff you're touching on is like visualizing the person that you want to be basically and actually more than that actually feeling the feelings of that person you want to be when they're in that situation 
And then once you get out in those situations, like you have to trigger that and, and just, you've been there before, right? In in some ways you've already been there. If you visualize being there and you felt these emotions. Yeah, no, I've been in really tight situations and called upon what I visualized before Mm -hmm. and been like, you know, feel yourself slipping one way and you're like, no, this is what I think in this situation. And that's how you act and that's how you play. And I think it's, I think it's everything. Have you seen the movie Split? Oh, no. It's like 13 personalities. I heard or it's something. good. It 20, got like great like, reviews. Yeah, it's crazy. I did not pick, choose to watch it, but I watched it. <laughs> yeah, it looked pretty um, creepy. But it, I mean, I don't know the psychology between, uh, about multiple personality disorder, but. Um, it's creepy. It, it is just. <laughs> pass the wine around. <laughs> yep. Wine's going. It's just all about how gnarly your brain can be. And like when these people switch, and I think they've done studies. I mean, I haven't really looked into it, but in the movie they say that, you know, they've done studies. And when the same person switches personalities, they have physiological changes, you know? So that's how like one personality will have diabetes. One personality won't have diabetes. And so like, that's how powerful your mind is. Um, And so I think it's just like really untapped. I have a... That's exactly why I'm reading these books right now. It's because it's called the placebo. I mean, the book I'm reading is like about the placebo effect kind of on your body. And I mean, I have technically I have a disease like autoimmune disease, which I don't like calling it that because it sounds creepy. But (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, like apparent according to these studies and stuff that I'm studying right now, I can just change the way I think and it'll change my physiological structure I guess you know yeah so I believe that I'm going for it and then once I figure out how to fix my body I'm gonna bring all this back to the beach so I can beat up on all those <laughs> beach volleyball players out there <laughs> I'm saving I up a lot no of doubt. rage yeah <laughs> <laughs> be like April <laughs> I'm the new April Ross and I always, I always love your posts when you have, you know, like coffee and a book and you just talk about just being very mindful because that's like my morning routine is to walk the dog and then uh, drink coffee and read a book for like an hour and just like kind of unwind for a little bit. Yeah. So I'm always a big fan of them. What, uh, what are you reading right now? Right now I'm reading um, Tony Robbins' The Giant Within or Wake the Giant Within or something like that. It's one of his original books. Um, and it's all about number one, how to like reinforce good habits and break bad habits, um, how to really solidify beliefs that are going to help you like believing in yourself. Um, and then creating like neuro associations, um, that are, that'll just reinforce your, like the good patterns in your life and stuff like that. Um, it's hard because the first like couple of chapters, I was like, yeah, I was super into it. And then yeah. it, it started feeling like he was talking to people with like kind of bigger problems than I have. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I like to, to finish books. It's like a prideful thing, but I'm trying to get better about like, if I'm not into it, like, let's just cut it off. Like right. let, yeah, it's if it okay doesn't serve you, it. yeah, like I'm not a failure <laughs> because I didn't finish this book. I don't have to beat this book like an opponent. I'm the yeah. same way. I just feel bad for the book. I'm like, you know what? You deserve to be finished. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've actually, this is really funny. Like I, this it's, it was drilled into me, you know, playing indoor for so many years, but just like not cutting corners and, 
um, like finishing the 20 minutes of cardio you set out to finish or whatever. And I'm trying to get so much better about like listening to my body. And if I'm like absolutely dying, like I can stop a minute early. Like it's not going to kill me, you know, and just training smarter, but. Or even those like five seconds early, like would you ever stop at 55 instead of going to 60? But it it makes no difference, but we would never stop there. It's like, I was, I was, yeah, I was working out at 24 hour fitness and I don't know why it like, stuck with me, but I, this lady was next to me and she was going and she did that. She stopped like 30 seconds early and just like got on her way. And I'm like, I would never do that. Crazy? But like, you were so close. Yeah, you're, and then you just like, lost. You quit. <laughs> you lost. <laughs> but I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like she, she'll be fine. Yeah, she'll be fine. You know, totally. she's probably totally at peace with her day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's getting somewhere just, you know, she's on her way. She's not as rushed anymore. April went and jumped on her treadmill and ran the last 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Yeah, it's like just not judging yourself so yeah. gnarly hard. It's, it's tough. How much do you think is, I mean, you're the first beach volleyball player I've really heard talk about so much about the mental game so openly, really. How much do you think is the balance between the physical part and the mental part? Because I feel like there's so much synergy there. That's funny because um, Anthony Darmiento, our uh, strength and conditioning coach at USA, he we were t- me. I think me, Nick Lucena, and him were talking about this, and it's like, or Anthony asked us about it, and it was physical, mental, technical, um, strategy, and one other thing. Like there were five things. He's like, draw a pie chart. What do each one of these? Um, mm-hmm. How much weight do they have in being a successful beach volleyball player? And I went over and I like drew the circle and cut out like this kind of like me, I, I think I did like 25% and I was like, this is the physical, the 75% is the mental. And, um, or I put, I put a little bit of technical and a little, like a very small slice of technical and strategy and the rest was mental. And then I did Nick's for him and I did, uh, the circle and I cut out about a 10% slice. It was like physical and the rest was mental, like no strategy, no technique, no nothing. And he's like, yeah, that's accurate. (laughs) But, um, I think at first when you start playing, it's a lot of tech technique and you got to get that down. You got to do the the reps and everything. And just the higher you go, the, the, the higher level you get to the bigger, the mental slice becomes your body almost, uh, it's like that your muscle memory, your, your foundation and your technical stuff is muscle memory. Your body knows it. It's like almost like you don't need to train it anymore. Yeah. Not that you <clears> don't cause you do, but I think at the highest level, like all of our technical skills and our fundamentals are like, you've done just it. On point. Yeah, you've done it. And when you get into those you competition situations, like you, your body just like remembers and kind Except of takes for, over. I've taken a year off, so I well, might have to, to a certain extent, for, yeah. for my muscle memory, but yeah. But now I'm working on, um, I'm actually getting a little bit back into technique right now because I feel like with my broken toe and just not being in shape, like my, um, approach has gotten really funky and I'm using like all shoulder, all arm to hit the ball. And I'm like, when did this happen? I'm watching a ton of video. I don't usually watch video. And that's one of the, my big goals for this year is to like study my opponents, study me and our team. Um, and I was watching my approach and I'm like, that is ugly. Like, (laughs) where did that come from? And so I'm trying to like go back to technique a little bit there, but I'm also working on breathing 
which I don't do very well. And I've never really practiced. Like I could be in the, you know, best shape of my life. And I breathe like a Buffalo all the time. Like (laughs) after every play, like I can't catch my breath and I'm like, what is this? Um, and I had someone I'm kind of working with, like watch the practice and he's like, you don't breathe ever. And so he's picked out like these little spots where I should take a breath. And so I'm really in practice during reps, like trying to work on my breath. And I think that goes hand in hand with like my approach because I think being feeling like I can't jump very high, can't move that fast, like I'll dig and then I'll like just charge in for my hit and like I'm early cause I'm afraid of being right. late and all that stuff. And so it's like, I dig, take a breath. I get to like my spot before I, I approach, I take a breath. And so, um, I, th- Start I think feeling like you have a lot more time. Yeah. So. I, I mean, watching the video, I have so much more time than I think. Totally. Yeah. So working on that and like, it's just another thing to think about, but it's one of those things that if it helps me get a little bit better, like it's totally worth it. And I think at this point, like, it's really hard to find those things that help you continue to get better. That's right on line with the mindfulness approach that you're talking about too, right? Because, I mean, breathing is just being aware of, just being aware of your breath. Like we're always breathing, but like you said, you're figuring out that you've never breathed. Yeah. Or like I'll be in the car driving and I'll hit a little bit of traffic and then I'll feel myself starting to get tense. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're not breathing. Blue. Like, yeah. and I'll like force myself to start breathing. God, I'm like, what? So good. Yeah. To breathe. Why? <laughs> yeah. Why does that feel so good? I thought this was natural. Yeah. Body, you were supposed to be doing this for me. Do yeah. you ever? Uh, do you ever do yoga? Because I feel like everything that you're talking about that you want to work on is like just right up the yoga alley. I have. I, I know that I need it. Um, yeah, everything that, everything just kind of points towards yoga. You're right. Like everything I'm trying to work on, I'm Uh like, I need to be doing yoga and just keeping my body healthy. I think opening my hips and my shoulders and stuff, that's all yoga. Uh, and so I do do it. I need to do it more regularly. I just like it because I can tell people that I worked out for the day. I really just stretched for an hour. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I've always hated yoga, actually. That's why I haven't done it. Yeah. Uh, I, my thing is, like, if I'm going to work out, I want to work out. I want to sweat. I want to, like, get on the cardio machine, whatever, lift weights. I want to work out. I love stretching, but if I'm going to stretch, I just want to stretch. I want to, like, chill and just not have right. a workout and yeah. stretch. And yoga is, like, this weird in-between that I hate. It's so hard for me. And when I'm in these, like poses and my legs are dying. I get so frustrated. I'm like, I'm not squatting. Like I'm not lifting yeah. weights. Like, why is this so hard for me? I'm not here to get a leg burn in. I'm here to yeah. sort of stretch because I already got my leg burn in. And yeah. now you're making me work out on top of that. But I'm supposed to be stretching. <laughs> the first time I did yoga, there were, it was like a class with like 90% like 85-year-old women. And they were just <laughs> kicking my ass. I was like, this can't be happening. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's such a practice. And I see the people who are in there all the time. And they're ripped. And like they seem like they've got, I mean, they just seem very composed and grounded. But the more I hear people talk about it um, and the more classes I go to, I understand that it's learning how to be at peace when you're in pain or like, I mean, and it's a good metaphor for life. Like if things are super chaotic around you, just learning how to stay composed, which is now that I'm thinking about it, like perfect for volleyball too, you know, like things get crazy and trying to stay mindful and um, believing that your body can do what it needs to do. Like it, it all ties in. And I do, I love yoga now. 
I love it. Um, I'm bad at it, but (laughs) (laughs) it's good for uh, traffic too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) for traffic. Yeah. Um, The uh, I went to Bali this year for our honeymoon. Oh, that's right. I'm like I'm like you. I can't I can't just go half in. Like I need to just be fully working out or not. And uh, I went to Bali this year, and obviously I'm not supposed to work out much. So I fully like yoga at the lightest level, like breathing and sitting half the time, stretching for like, or like doing poses for only like 15 minutes of it was like legit workouts for me. But that, that place is magical. Bali, if you want to like have an off season where you try to not be competitive and like fully on all the time. I feel like I really need something like that. That's your spot. If you ever want to do that. Yeah. It's basically the opposite of you or me. Yeah. But it's if you're easy looking to get for that into. at some point, yeah. oh my God, that place is crazy. Organic food everywhere. Really? Just like... I'll have to get some info from you. Oh yeah. I don't know when I'm ever going to have time to do that. Some off season at some point yeah. or after you play volleyball. <laughs> after you're done. Pencil it in for 2035. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> Highly recommend it though. How long were you there for? Only two weeks. That's such a long time. I've never taken a two-week vacation. Uh, me neither. I've never taken... I realized that I have a map right here on my wall that shows everywhere I've been in the world. And about one of those, which is Bali, I think, for my honeymoon, was like the first vacation I went on. That's not for volleyball. But and you are different. from Hawaii. I am from Hawaii, <laughs> so that's why we didn't travel. <laughs> we didn't travel growing up because I grew up yeah. in a vacation spot. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely different going on a trip to just to like enjoy what the place has rather than like get in, be super jet lagged, play super stressed oh, out and then yeah. get in the car and then drive you to the airport. Sightsee on the way to the airport. Not hungover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you and I had that, that, um, car trip from Stad to, to, uh, after you won the cowbell in Stad, we drove to the airport. It was like two hours to Geneva. I don't even know if you remember two years ago. Oh. I was pretty hungover. It was like 5 a.m. Was it? I think I remember. Did we try to pick up uh, Jose Loyola? We couldn't pick up anyone else because you had way too much luggage. <laughs> <laughs> I get in the car and the whole back seat's full of like April stuff. And then her cowbell is like in my seat, which is like the trophy. Oh, I remember. I was sitting won. in front of you and like your knees were all cramped yeah. up to your chest. So we slid your bags. I mean, somehow I got my bags in. Your bags were right next to me. Oh, I remember the whole this seat. now. Yeah. And then you had your cowbell in the front seat in between your legs <laughs> in this little Mercedes that was sponsoring the tournament. And we drove like two hours all hung over at like five in the morning. Oh, like, that was so terrible. This is the worst thing in the world. <laughs> but wow, look at the Swiss Alps. They're yeah, beautiful. It did make it better. <laughs> Roll down the window, get some fresh air, yeah, fresh some, mountain air. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, those are our normal trips. I took my first vacation. I was like, wow, this is way better. It's kind of crazy when you don't have to actually like do anything for yeah, a whole exactly. day. What are we going to do like today? prepare for a tournament really or care. recover from a tournament. Yeah. I've had um, trips to Italy planned the last two uh, off seasons. And both times I canceled them because <laughs> I didn't have time to take a vacation. <laughs> you got to get back to work. Yeah. You've been slacking. Yeah. One we're of gonna, these days. We're going to pause there real quick for a word from our sponsors. Actually, if you want to take a vacation, where can you stay? Try. Marriott. <laughs> Darn right. 
You're listening to Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. Marriott Vacation Club Rentals offers the best vacation accommodations in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Hawaii, Europe to California, you can visit Came Shock in Canada if you want. <laughs> Choose to rest in our luxurious guest room, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all of the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces in great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. Okay, so I know that we have, uh, it's not Olympic qualification just yet, but we're about a year away and everyone's trying to figure out who's, what the teams are going to be for 2020. So have you started the, the partner selection process? Yeah, and I, I wasn't sure how it was going to go down. Um, like, I, I feel ridiculous that I have this choice or whatever. Like I was, I started operating under the, um, just understanding that I was going to have, like, number one, I have to prove myself. I'm always out to prove myself. Um, but I thought like, I thought my choices were limited to be honest. Um, and then as this Hague dinah, uh, sign up deadline got closer, a couple people kind of approached me and said, you know, if you want to play, like, let me know. And it really like, I was very flattered and like kind of shocked, um, that, um, people were so interested in playing with me. Um, we weren't shocked, but, but honestly for me, it was, um, you know, I, I, I don't take it lightly. And like, I think if anybody wants to play with me, I think it's amazing. Um, and so it was a, it was just really hard to, to figure out what to do. And there weren't very many chances to compete and like, kind of try people out or whatever and see how it worked on the court. So just trained with a couple people and, um, it came to, it came down to just like really intangible things. And, um, I decided, I decided to, uh, go with Alex, um, Kleinman for make a shot, take a shot at, uh, Tokyo with her. You mentioned intangibles and those are always so hard to describe, but I guess what were some of those that you liked that you saw in Alex? And I was talking to try about it before we came on and that you can't teach six, five. Mm. So I'm sure that we're both six, five, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) that really puts it into perspective. Her being the the tallest of anyone in the room probably made a difference. Plus last week uh, on the podcast, we came, he, he had, he said something about playing in April and we both thought he said playing with April. Right. So we're like, I mean, that'd be a great team if you really want. You want a man volleyball version. Yeah. yeah. For the new co-ed league. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to Alex. Yeah. Um, I could just tell from just training with her, like she comes from an indoor background, which I know that's getting, uh, you know, not as many players coming out have that indoor background anymore. Well, didn't she get... Um, Gatorade Player of the Year as well in high school. Oh, you're right. I think so she you guys did. Yeah. Share that. And yeah. Then both successful in college. She didn't win the national championship like you did. She went to. 
she made the wrong decision there and went to Stanford instead of SC. <laughs> so easy to get but, into Stanford. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, that decision was made for me by my rejection yeah. from Stanford. But thank you very uh, much, Stanford. <laughs> Don't tell them that. <laughs> so I guess our podcast is not going to be sponsored by Stanford <laughs> yeah. anytime soon. Hey, off. I ended up beating Stanford for my first national championship. So that was a little redemption. Sorry about that. that. Was, um, yeah, cherry on top. Beat the trees. Yeah. <laughs> um... But are we talking about intangibles? Right. And just kind of what you saw and, and liked in Alex. Uh, yeah, I think her, like, okay, so she comes from the indoor background and just has the really disciplined mentality. So um, the way she trains is very focused and very intense. And she understands, like, the importance of practice and coming to win and practice. And I think that's... I hope it's, I don't know. I hope it's not lost when the um, people grow up playing juniors beach volleyball because it's kind of like more of a laid back culture, you know, and it's like I'm out here on the beach and having fun. And I think there are competitive players, but I don't know. Something about being indoor is pretty cutthroat and then playing in Brazil for so long is, you know, you really have to step up your game and be really good um, and want to win. And so I think her just mentality in practice and wanting to get better and how she's going to go about that. And, um, always just coming with that competitive mentality was a big intangible for me because I know, I feel like in my career, I've gotten some victories just purely out of my determination to win. You know, like you get to this point and it, it stops being about doing things right or, um, you know, making the perfect shot. It's just, it's about like your determination to win and your refusal to lose. And, um, so I see a little bit of that in her. Um, and then also her physical ability. Uh, I watched her a little bit and just after one season on, uh, on the beach, I thought she was picking up some really good things and, uh, was a lot quicker than I expected her to be. Like she's pretty quick twitch right. for being six five for sure. Yeah, she was an outside hitter. She played all the way around. Middle, yeah, so that kind of. Yeah, she played all the way around and was passing. So she obviously has ball control. And then yeah, she like you said, she played in Brazil and Italy, right? And as Italy, well? yeah. Which is like that's like premier top, leagues. top volleyball. And she has that chip on her shoulder a little bit. Like I ha- like it reminds me of me when I got out onto the beach because I, I wanted to go to the Olympics indoor. I wanted to, you know, I tried training with the national team a bunch and just felt overlooked like all the time and things weren't objective. Um, you know, I felt like my team always won in practice and I never got a shot in match in games at tournaments and stuff. And I was like, okay, you like, I'm going to go do something where I can prove myself objectively. And like, if I win, I move up and stuff like that. And she's kind of the same way. Like she could keep, she could keep playing indoor and keep making a good amount of money, but she's out here on the beach because she wants to go to the Olympics and she wants to, she has something to prove. So I like that being, you know, part of her motivation for sure. She's definitely sacrificing uh, a good opportunity on, in terms of money. I, I mean, I don't know exactly what it is, but the money for a player like Alex's a player at Alex's caliber indoors is is very big compared to <laughs> what it is for a player to just play on the AVP tour right now. And obviously, if I mean, if she partners with you and takes advantage of every opportunity that is on the beach, then she can go beyond where she could have gone indoors. I think. Um, 
but yeah, Which it she's seems definitely like she's sacrificing and putting it all on the line. Yeah. And I like that. And I think that's um, something interesting to invest in for me also, you know, and that's what I was kind of talking about before. Like, do I want to just continue this career and do good or do I want to, you know, pair up with Alex who I, you know, potential I could see us going the distance and like being the best in the world. Um, even though there's going to be hiccups and challenges and we're going to be in the country quota and it's like starting at square one for me, but at the same time, what is the meaning of what you're doing if you're not challenged? You know, like if you don't have these things that are going to help you grow and things to overcome, like what's the point? Like you don't, it's not supposed to be easy, you know? And you're not taking the easy way out. I mean, you could easily take the easy way out and take the person with the most points and start with the highest seating and give yourself the easiest route. But like you said, you have a goal to be on a certain team and that's, what you're creating. You see a player that has the potential to be that particular teammate. So you're going for it no matter what obstacles lie in the way of, of that. And yeah. I'm trying to think of that stuff too, cause I'm going to have to pick up a partner here at some point. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting for me to, to hear. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the choice. It was like the safe choice or the choice I thought, you know, was challenging, but had the most potential. Um, and also I, I kind of, I, I, think I've learned a lot over the years. Um, and one of the things I've learned the importance of is building a like-minded team around yourself. Um, having the same mentalities and the same goals and the same work ethic are all, all really important, I think. And it's funny how interconnected, like Alex and I don't know each other very well, but it's funny how interconnected we are and how many of the same people we know. And like, um, like really well. (laughs) And it's my, my agent is really, really good. She works at Wasserman. She doesn't pick up people ever. Um, me and Jen got super lucky. The fact that we got to be with her and she reps us. Um, and I didn't tell her that Alex and I were playing together, but she had reached out to Alex, but like without me even knowing, and they had a meeting and like, so she's picked up Alex. And so, you know, it's just like kind of all, it just seems like it comes full circle. Stars and, are aligning. Yeah, and um, she played indoor with Nicole Davis, and I talked to Nicole Davis, and like they know each other. Um, I think have the same mentality. I talked to Nicole Davis about possibly doing sports psych for us, and it just seems like everybody is kind of on the same page. And that will do it for part one with our guest, April Ross. Our, our conversation with April was pretty wide-ranging and pretty long, and we didn't want to try to cram it into one long episode. So we decided to split it into two roughly 45-ish minute episodes. To We thought that was just the most efficient way to do it. So a huge thank you to April for hanging with us on some Monday Night Football. And check back with us for episode two with April Ross next Wednesday on Sandcast. <laughs>